Thank you for listening to this podcast series as part of the artwork If I Knew Time As Well As You Do, Part 2. My name is Eva Hounhout, artist and host for this series as part of my newest sculptural work made for Marine Terrein Amsterdam. Feel free to go to the sculpture and listen to the episodes while spending time with the work. The work you can find on the Marine Terrein next to building 22 from 26th of August 2021. For this fourth and last episode, I've invited Comfortball, a gastronomy-oriented art collective set up by visual artists and performers Binko and Sumin Lee. In their recent work, they share ideas on the restaurantization in food culture and recipes, otherness, repetition of labor and food storage. Hello, we are Comfort Ball. Hi, my name is Bin. My name is Sumin. We both are visual artists based in Amsterdam, have been working together since 2018, working with Asian food culture and its fetishization and exotification in the European landscape. Today, we are going to speak about tea. Before we speak about it, we'd like to give you a tea ceremony. We're going to prepare the finest oolong tea, carefully selected, handcrafted, traditional semi-oxidized tea through a process of withering the plant under strong sun in Fujian province and oxidation before culling and twisting. The flavor of this tea results in a chocolatey and woozy flavor with notes of floral and nutty undertones. Try to relax your body and mind, and let's get started. Now that everyone has settled down, the ceremony needs to start. It starts with cleaning of the teaware. I am cleaning the tea utensils in front of you very slowly. After all the tools have been perfectly cleaned, I place the tea utensils that are related to the warmth, such as tea warmer, to the left side. Then, I place the tea utensils that relate to coldness, such as a pot for water, to the right side. I pour hot water into the tea kettle and our teacups to warm them up. While the teacups are being warmed up, we can look at the tea leaves. After the tools have been set, now it's time to prepare the oolong tea. I added three scoops of oolong tea leaves in the bowl. I will pour the hot water into the kettle. I'm putting my hands as high as possible to heat the tea leaves harder. Let's wait for one minute. 
I see the loose oolong tea leaves become softer and the tea is brewing well. But I see some bubbles on the surface of the tea inside of the kettle. I can use the lid of the kettle to remove the bubbles. Once to the left, once to the right. I pour the tea from the left side of you. I place the kettle about 2 cm high from your teacup. And I try to divide them equally. You can gently grab the top of your teacup with your thumb and point finger. Before you drink, take a look at the color and smell the tea. You can drink them about three times, slowly tasting the flavor of the tea. When you finish your tea, I rinse the teaware, bowl and ladle with water. I drain the rinsed water to the drainer. Then, dry them with a soft cloth to make sure those are handled with care. After examining the tools, you can hand your cup back to me. Now, I have to gather the tools and put them back all in place. Now, the ceremony is complete and I hope you enjoyed it. I'm feeling very zen. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Do you drink tea often, Sumin? Nah, as you know, not really. Mm -hmm. When I drink tea, then I drink substituted like barley tea or other roasted grain tea. Well, you moved to South Korea recently. How do you feel? Mm -hmm. Did you did you bring anything special from the Netherlands? Yeah, it's good. It's still pretty hot in here. And now I'm actually drinking cold date tea like water. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and yes, actually, I brought a tea from Simon Leibelt. The Dutch tea brands, even though I don't drink tea mm -hmm. that much, but I try to buy some fancy tea packages such as Marias Brehe, the French tea the brand. The French one, or, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or Kusmi tea, you know, the famous one due to the demands from my Korean friends. Yeah, that's so true. It's mm -hmm. funny how European tea brands and British tea culture is so popularized and fantasized in many Asian countries. And actually, vice versa, I buy so Korean, Chinese, and Japanese tea when I come back to the Netherlands as a gift for my European friends. Yeah, it's, it's so true. And it's funny how people fantasize about something that they don't have. Yeah. Well, as you said, it's indeed interesting how people fantasize about something they don't have and haven't seen. Have you seen an old advertisement for Lipton? Mm. I don't think so. By the way, I was quite surprised that Lipton was so popular in the Netherlands when I moved there. Yeah, right? You can find mm -hmm. Lipton everywhere here. It's like a, the major soft drink after Coke. 
yeah, so true. Like tea with sparkling. Yeah, exactly. So, mm-hmm. so what is that? What is about an old advertisement of Lipton? Uh, first of all, I thought it might be interesting to speak about for this podcast. Um, mm-hmm. So Lipton is named after a Scottish man named Lipton, obviously, who mm. thought that there is a brilliant way to make tea cheaper since tea was for high-class people at the time. Mm-hmm. So when British Dutch East India Company took tea from Asia um, through brokers, Lipton started to produce tea by himself in Ceylon and sell it in the pre-measured packets, standardizing all the process. Mm. On top of that, he aggressively advertised his package with a slogan, direct from tea garden to the teapot. (laughs) (laughs) And in this advertisement, there is an image depicting a scene of one, uh, one of Lipton's plantation. There is a scene of order and serenity, and there is gardens with palm trees. Laborers are shown plucking tea. And on the left, a temple, you can see the temple, as well as a section of a port harbor with boats and ships waiting to transport Mm. the tea. Mm, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely have seen those images. Right, yeah. Yeah, that kind of visual scene is in many other products. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. And, but as we know, the scene is obviously impossible be, since no tea gardens were on the coast or the laborer were being so much explore, exploited and enslaved. Mm-hmm. And so this representation of vertical control over production and of an ordered work for, workforce became one of the most dominant representations of this product and its industry. Yeah, well, Lipton is now belongs to the British Dutch multinational dinosaur, Unilever. True, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also this reminds me of Erica Rappaport's book, Thirsty for Empire, How to Shape Thir- the Modern Thirst World. Thirst for Empire. Oh, Thirst for Empire, yeah, yeah How to Shape the Modern World. This exactly, book. that's a very interesting book. I think it shows a very sharp criticism on how the British created the domestic market for the tea they were growing in their colonial empire, India and Indonesia, mm-hmm. to lure consumers away from uh, the Chinese tea. So they basically built a systematic campaign of racism and fabricating a fear of the dirty foreign other. For instance, she mentions uh, the popular book called The Tea Controversy, Indian versus Chinese teas. It's written by Edward Money in 1884. So it's like, they were like um, a conversation about Mm -hmm. this uh, Indian versus Chinese teas. Mm -hmm. And... So basically, it reflects the 19th century belief that British industrial methods were inherently superior to the traditional Chinese methods for making tea. Mm. And I also found an interesting paragraph elaborating this belief. Maybe I can read this the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Mm. Indian tea was grown and manufactured on large estates under the superintendence of educated Englishmen. In China, however, tea was produced near the cottages of the poorer classes, collected and manufactured in the rudest way with no skilled supervision. 
key of Hindustan is now all manufactured by machinery, but China is it is handmade. The letter is not a clean process. It is a very dirty process. Oh wow. Uh, well, sounds familiar when, for instance, when we make for a project with Asian ingredients, some of the audience look at the food and food we, food we made yeah. as if it looks gross or unsafe, you know? Yeah, 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 totally. I remember. Yeah, but that's, that's why we want to bring this topic up constantly. Right. And there is more shocking parts. Okay. In 18- yeah. In 1895, the Indian Tea Association, which was a British colonial body, sent advertisement copy to American magazines with the caption, Ceylon and Indian tea is prepared entirely by machinery, which eliminates all chance of contamination from nude, perspiring, yellow man, and preserves its natural aroma, flavor, and purity. <laughs> <laughs> well, purity, well, um, the westernized, western standardization of hygiene is so superior, isn't it? It's absolutely, absolutely. A cup of tea tells so many things about the racial, class, gender, and labor hierarchies born in the colonial era. And I think this fear of foreign dirtiness still exists everywhere. Mm-hmm. Well, Since we had the finest yet dirtiest oolong tea with the most mindful tea ceremony, I hope you're still feeling very zen and stay in peace. Okay, it was nice to talking to you and have fun to have a tea ceremony with you. And let's see each other soon in Korea. Yes. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. For this podcast, we referred a thesis, Landscapes of Order and Imperial Control, the Representation of Plantation Production in Late 90s and Early 20th Century Tea Advertising by Anandi Ramamurthy, published by University of Central Lancashire. And an article, It's Time to Decolonize Tea by Shalene Wang De Chen. Thank you for listening to this fourth and final episode. As part of the artwork, If I Knew Time As Well As You Do, Part 2. The series contributions are made by Flavia Zodan, Lisa Prince and Leila Durani, myself and Diana Omer from Local Tea, and Bin Ko and Sumin Lee, who work together as Comfortball. The editing is done by Duncan Robertson.